0: The Monday Rewind.
1: Xavi on the edge of the air gives it to Pedro. Pedro back to Neymar. Neymar! Neymar catches it. Barcelona can celebrate.
2: We need to probably relax a little bit more on the ball. Um, We were probably expecting a bit more intensity. At times, and we were kicking the ball away when we didn't really need to, so that's something we can improve on too.
3: This is the players really working hard. I mean, at the end of the day, they're the people that do the runs, they're the people that, that sacrifice so much, and, and they're the people that deserve this. Very, very measured here in what I'm saying. This is a Lencer Senior Hurling quarter final. Um, a couple of years ago we, we knew that we were in these positions and we're just getting back to that now so not for a minute here getting carried away and not for a minute here getting carried away with, with the volume of support out in the field, lovely and all as that is to see and, and, and that.
4: When you can league goals you're always trying to concentrate concerned not, not to do it again but uh, in fairness to Waterford they're good at what they do and they create a great goal chances and took them. Well the qualifiers now is a tough route. we all know that is- where we day was going to be a difficult route so it's going to be hard but we'll try to pick the lads up and get going again All
3: right, everyone, every one of worked out to the end that's all we asked for that's all we asked for was work and really. the lads did that today Water from the back is that the message it sends? Water never gone. This is the Rewind
5: on News Talk. you can contact us on Monday rewind at newstalk.com What a weekend it was We'll have more from Ireland manager Martin O'Neill and defender John O'Shea shortly They'll look ahead to the Euro qualifier with Scotland this Saturday and look back on the draw with England. They'll tell us what they learned from the match. What a weekend of hurling it was. We hear from Waterford manager Derek McGrath, Cork's Jimmy Barry Murphy, Leash boss Seamus Plunkett on their breakthrough win over Offaly and how it shows a change in the Amore mindset. We'll talk about um, Leash taking on Galway in the next round and we'll hear from Galway manager Anthony Cunningham because they had a good win over Dublin at the weekend. Jer Cunningham has had time to think about that. We've been speaking to him in the last a couple of hours about the match and where he feels things went wrong. In football, Kildare's Emmett Bolton talks about their replay with Leash and we hear from Celtic Park where Derry overcame down. Galway face Mayo next week in the Connacht semi-final. We chat with tribesman centre-back Gary O'Donnell on facing the neighbours, finding their way back to the top and playing football despite coming from the hurling territory of Gort. Ahead of the Munster semi-final next week with Kerry, by the way, we talk with uh, Tipperary manager Peter Creedon. Is this a free shot? You'd have to say it is. No one expects them to do anything, but are they capable of doing something? Well, Peter Creedon and many others think that they are. Let's start with hurling, though, on Waterford's win over Cork, three nineteen to one twenty-one. The final score. We'll get the analysis of the off-the-ball panel of Jamesy e. O'Connor, Brian Hogan, and D J Carey shortly. A stellar line-up, I think you'll agree. But first, here is Cork manager Jimmy Barry Murphy and Derek McGraw of Waterford. I asked him if this was the most important win of his time in charge
1: without a doubt without a shadow of a doubt and it's probably the most important chance to release a small bit of emotion and everything you know I think it's the one chance you get to kind of just we put so much into it and to to re-motivate a team for five weeks um, based on the league being absolutely everything to us was very difficult you know so we we, we found an edge from somewhere and we're delighted with it you know the league
5: was the league and it was great to win it and I know that as a Waterford man myself because we don't win too many things but the championship is the championship and Cork are Cork and they were always going to bounce back and they did. You didn't have a particularly good
1: start. What were you thinking then? I, I was thinking what we had said in the, in, the, in, the, in the team meeting which was that Cork pushed up on us and that Mark Ellis might get a long distance point. I actually said that in the, in the team meeting and I said we don't panic, we stay with it and I think gaps appeared as they half developed if you like so to be able to deal with the wobble and to be able to deal with him. Um, um, you know that sustained period of pressure from Cork, and we able to come back and set ourselves. I think that's probably the proudest thing, you know. And I think we were very emotive. And last day, I said in the leaf, we were highly emotional, and we played well, being based and being emotional. But we were very emotive on the field, which I thought led to a bit of tiredness, a bit of fatigue in the in the legs, you know. And I thought that took a while to clear itself. And, and um, you know, I think once once we settled, you know, once 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 the lads settled into the roles, I think we were it became difficult to beat you know
5: How do you manage to settle things on the pitch 20 minutes in 25 minutes in when things aren't going well is that you and Dan shouting from the side is that players talking to
1: younger players how does that work I think it's player driven but I think if you can if you can preempt it if you can actually say that this could possibly happen and create a, a situation where there's, they're actually after simulating it in training or in talks or whatever this is what could happen this is what could happen and they have all the different scenarios in their head that they're able to deal with them themselves and I think the leadership from Brick and Kevin and, and the lads in terms of influencing the, the other guys um, is hugely important, I think. And that I think, look, look, we, we, we had a message played from Paurig Manny in the run-up to the game just off the bus there, and I think it was a hugely emotional message, and I think it just got to us all a bit, so I think we, should, we could all learn a bit from that, you know? I appreciate there are some things you can share and some things you can't. Can you share that, what the message was? Uh, was no, saying? it was just kind of a video message, a video link. Paurig was with us up to the horse and jockey, and then we kind of played a video on the bus where Paurig was talking, and it was just... I was just, it was, I know it sounds a bit corny to say, but it was very, very emotional, like in terms of his missing out in the day. There was no kind of sense of selfishness. It was just a selfless act on his behalf and he was he's just part of everything today for us like, and, and it's hugely important to us and we make no apologies for making him a part of it he's central to what we've done and Morris stepped up well to do, do, do well today in his absence but or is still major for us you know. and Morris got what I would call a Shanahan goal <laughs> he did and he celebrated in Shanahan fashion which is <laughs> more important the hand was raised, hand was raised and he he um, a hand was raised and he, he he um yeah he celebrated appropriately if you like. But look, that's what it's all about, I think. You know, the guys want to relive the great days of John and, and Ken and the lads and it's time to find their own niche now and that's what we're hoping to, you know.
5: And just before I let you go, you did vary it at times. That goal from Morris was a long ball that he won and turned and shot. Long ball hadn't worked particularly well up to that point. The next one was short, into the space, what I would call the water we saw more of in the league.
6: Yeah.
1: And I think that's key to any game plan is to mix it. You know, um, not be a one pony if you like, for want of a, a, a euphemism, but a, a, he, yeah, it's great because we just felt there was space in there for, for, for Morris to exploit if we got the ball in early. And we were struggling to get the messages out in the field, but we did eventually. And, um, you know, it was, was um, looked, the space was there and, and he exploited it, no better man, you know. How much does this win take the pressure off and lift the shackles going into a Munster
5: final? Because he needed a big win in the Championship. it the hard days in the last couple of years. You've got it now without.
1: Playing at your best, I would say. Yeah, you're dead right, you're, you're correct in terms of the, the, the performance level. Probably won't get us anywhere near a Munster Championship, but look, it's great because the, as such, the summer opens up, and you know, between between the field and getting to the dressing room, I met five or six Waterford people who said to me, you're in the other quarter-final no matter what now, and I think, you know, that defeatist attitude, and not being critical of the borders supporters, but that, that defeatist attitude, we're, we're trying to rid ourselves of that, we're going to approach the Munster final with everything we have, and if we lose the Munster final, the only time we'll think about another and quarter final is a half-five on Sunday the 12th of July. are up to that, we'll be just thinking about going all out for a Munster final because that's what the team needs. So, it's, yep. you know, I, I think the team needs to approach it in that manner. They can't be kind of holding back and saying, oh, we'll wait we're, we're there the next day. We're not, we're not in a position to be able to be cute about anything. We're, we're just being honest and upfront and that's the way we'll continue to be. Derek, well done
5: Thanks Jimmy, it just didn't quite happen for Cork We'll say from minute 20 onwards today
4: Yeah, well, I thought in the first half We were going reasonably well at f- Leading by 5 points, 2 or 6, 2 or something And I thought that we were playing reasonably well And had plenty of opportunities at that stage And plenty of possession But that we didn't finish it Or we didn't take our chances then And the goal certainly knocked us Knocked us quite a lot, I thought
5: The one thing we thought that might knock Cork off Kilter Was the shame that Seamus Harnedy didn't start But Pat Cronin actually did well So what were the things that didn't quite go right in
4: the game? I think some days you has got to hold your hand up and say you're beaten by a better team, maybe, and they got you know they got the goals we didn't. The goal came very late for us from the penalty, and I felt that in the first half when we run the ball, as I said already, we didn't take our chances. We took some bad options and uh, could have been further ahead I thought when we had that bit of dominance in the first half.
5: Waterford found a lot of space in behind year 45, and for the two goals they exploited that space and they could have had a couple of more goals. Is that something that you'd be disappointed with? Is that something you'd need to look
4: at? Well, of course, it is always when you concede goals you're always trying to concerned not, not to do it again. But uh, in fairness to Waterford go to what they do and they create a great goal chances and took them
5: Look, I know it's tough straight after the game, but will you look at maybe changing systems and whatever? Because the last couple of games, maybe it hasn't quite worked, and the two midfielders came off, and just things didn't quite click out there.
4: Yeah, we'll try to We we'll certainly look. We we'll look at the game again overall. I mean, you know, you've got to play with a character dealt with, and not um, some of the subs who came into it did quite well when they came in. So we we'll look at the whole panel and see what we've got to do for the next few weeks. The important thing is you're still in. it <laughs> Well, the qualifiers now is a tough route. We all know that is whoever last day was going to face a difficult route, so it's going to be hard. But we we'll try pick lads up and get going again.
5: This is the rewind on news talk, and that was Cork manager Jimmy Barry. Murphy and before him Waterford manager Derek McGrath on the upcoming Munster final against Limerick or Tipperary still to come Kildare's Emmett Bolton and leash manager Seamus Cheddar Plunkett on their win over Offaly now though we find out how Waterford outclassed Cork let's hear from James e. O'Connor Brian Hogan and DJ Carey who were all part of the off the ball match day commentary team uh, let's start
7: though with Hogan on the day show yeah, the more i seen this Waterford side the more i I'm impressed with them um, as I said you you couldn't accuse them of being defensive I've seen them now against Tip in the league semi-final um, I think the conditions against Galway were you know had a, had a bearing in terms of the style of play they had to play but against Tip against Cork in the league final and again here today what they have is a huge abundance of pace in their team and they do they attack very quickly or break out uh, with the ball um, they're hugely exciting to watch and what's very evident with this team is they're, they're hurting for each other they're really fighting hard for every single ball and they've bought into everything that the management are looking for Um they're going to be they're going to be hard to beat you know Mm. Um, and as I said to you what I was very interested to see was how they were going to approach this match coming off the high of a league final uh, with a young side you know who everyone was saying was developing didn't seem to be affecting them at all. They settled into the, the match, you know, as you do in the first championship match, it takes you a while to, to, to bet in. And once they got, once they settled into it and got their game going, there was, they didn't, they never looked back.
8: Yeah, and it looks as though there's room for improvement with this Waterford side as well. They did start the game quite slowly and they stood off Cork at times, which against. Kilkenny and potentially in a Munster final as well you're probably not going to get away with
9: well who knows, uh, at the end of the day today's is, today is a game against Cork uh, and Waterford came out and, and won that game and, and well deserved certainly after the first 10 minutes 15 mm. minutes uh, it was Waterford's game whoever to come up with next they'll do their homework they'll do their tactics, they'll probably play a similar type of game uh, talent, talent doesn't necessarily mean You know that you can win great ball and put it over from the sideline, or you can put it from the corner. Talent also means that you play a a team sport. In a team sport, and if you're if you're talented talented enough as an individual and in a team, you can create a great team. And that's what Waterford seem, have at the moment. They're certainly playing very well. Obviously, you can't call anyone a great team under the massive success behind mm-hmm. them. But certainly, at the moment, they're going the right way. The, the question I would ask, and we're talking about Jimmy Mar- barry Murphy taking criticism, um, I'd ask the question, are, are we giving Carr curling too much credit? Uh, and Jimmy Barry, uh, are we saying you know that he can do it you can't do it unless you actually have the players to be able to do it Tark weren't able to change uh, Waterford had 5-6 goal chances uh, and prob- possibility had a few more Cork had 1 sorry 2 uh, 1 was a half hit shot in the first half and the penalty now at the top level of, of sport you need to be creating 4 or 5 goal chances and taking 2 or 3 it's as simple as that 3 points are worth one on any given occasion, and if you haven't the players that are actually going to be take, able to take on defenses and go for goal, you're in trouble because you can't depend on scoring 25, 26, 27 points every day you go out.
8: Yeah, Jamesy. Uh, before we let you go, anything else that caught your eye this afternoon? Brian, Brian,
5: Brian, and DJ will both know that um, you know work rate and intensity and aggression; those things are things that they're, they're central ingredients to championship success and, and, and winning these big matches. And you know, once again, I mean. I think a lot of the Cork backs, you know, played manfully. I mean, you couldn't fault, you know, the energy expended by Shane O'Neill or Brian Murphy or, or Stephen McDonald at the at, at the back. But certainly, the work rate or lack of of some of the Cork forwards, um, you know, let them down. And that maybe it's just their their their, their makeup. Um, but there's no way. I mean, I felt today that if if Cork matched Waterford's work rate, if they matched their intensity, I thought that. Maybe individually, maybe Cork had better, better individuals maybe up front, and that that would be enough to win the win the match. But Cork never came close um, to outfighting or outworking Waterford. And as long as that's the case, um, it's very very hard to see Cork, um, you know, getting their hands on, on on silverware in 2015. This is the rewind on News Talk, and that was James e. O'Connor, Brian Hogan, and DJ Carey speaking on off the ball uh, with Nathan Murphy on Waterford's win over Cork. It was a breakthrough win for Leash who go on to meet Galway in the Leinster semi-final in Port Leash. On June twentieth, that's a Saturday. After a bizarre couple of weeks that saw manager Seamus Cheddar plunked quit, but then return, the more beat Offaly twenty-nine points to twenty on Sunday. Cheddar spoke to Midland 103's Jack Nolan after the match.
3: I, I say a lot of things worked well for us today, and you know, credited the players. They really stood up, and you know, they, they were all real league warriors today. Um, but it's important that that's the. Mindset, and that, that's the performance level that we need to, to, to go into the next match because, uh, you know, certainly next match is on a completely different level altogether, as I said. Um, you know, I certainly read some media articles this morning that were starting to install Galway as, as favourites for all Ireland and that. So you know, huge huge efforts for us in a, in a fortnight's time. But
4: but um, look, we'll go away and we'll assess today, and we'll look at Galway last night, and we'll see how we we'll plan for that. So finally, you're you're talking about you know, we're looking forward. We also have to maybe look back a little. You know, you had a, a turbulent week back there. What affected that? How did a galvanising effect? What did effect had on the team? What did the effect had on yourself? No, I'd say no, no no
3: effect whatsoever. And I would have said it's really the very same thing today if we had a last match. Um, the issue in Leeds hurling. Um, a week ago, was simply about all these hurlers um, wanting to improve their performance, top quality performance, day and night, morning, every, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, every day of the week. That's all it's about. This wasn't a discipl- disciplinary issue where some of these hurlers decided to go away and and, and have some drinks or go to nightclub or whatever the case may be. It was the exact opposite. Um, and you know, the issue is simply closed now. And and I suppose in that journey. Um, in in trying to keep improving your culture the whole time and work on the, on the quality the whole time, there will be some hiccups along the way. There's no doubt about that. That's in any walk of life. Um, and the important thing about it is to, to to face that down and and to work hard at at. Uh, um, you know, keep pushing the, the the boundaries out here the whole time. Keep pushing quality the whole time, and never ever giving up on that. And uh, and obviously bringing players and supporters and everybody with you as well. And, and, and that's all it was about. The issue was closed. Um, I had no issue at all on the team. These are very mature, mature young men. Uh, they know what these things are about. And um, you know, uh, other than that, it's just good that Leash is in that position to be to, to be able to say, look, we're not going to take second grade performance, second grade uh, anything anymore, that's not saying we're going to win anything, it doesn't mean that at all, it just means that at least the preparation of what we're doing is we're, we're going to try and nail that every single day if we can And not saying we're going to get it right, I'm not saying we're doing it right but at least we're doing it to, to what we think is right
4: I saw players down there swapping jerseys with awfully people. I saw players down there giving away jerseys to young supporters. I saw you walking up here with a number 11 jersey which is in the front of us covered in blood. What's significant in that, <laughs> Uh I'd
3: be giving away too many dressing room <laughs> <laughs> secrets in that one now, Jack. So I would look um, at it. It's it, it Ziggy's jersey. It meant a lot to Ziggy to win today. I meant a lot to all of the players to win today. And, um, and that's all I'll say on it. Look, these are dressing room uh, things. And, and um, I suppose, look, it just. I suppose shows the unity and and um, and the camaraderie that's in the that's in the team. As such, that that we can have these instances. But um, look, look, and after a minute, getting carried away by by any of that, we I've been in enough of these dressing rooms for for a long number of years when you know when we, when we went out the door by a pint or two pints and, and all of this type of thing and to know how that affects us so I'm not going to didn't get carried away by being beaten a couple of pints and I'm not going to get carried away by winning a couple of pints either we'll just go back and we'll work hard
5: This is the Rewind on News Talk and that was Seamus Cheddar Plunkett on their win over Offaly and the upcoming encounter with Galway on June 20th Still to come Ireland defender John O'Shea on the upcoming qualifier with Scotland and what they learned from drawing with England but we stick with Hurling for the moment and questions are being asked about what went wrong for Dublin over the weekend they lost 5-19 to 1-18 against Galway and Tullamore manager Ger Cunningham has had time to think about it and we'll hear from him in just a moment but first here is Galway manager Anthony Cunningham having a chat with Sean Walsh of Galway BFM.
10: FM There have been a couple of dark days here uh, you know a number of years ago you know, trying to beat Galway team here you know would have been disappointed but yeah, I mean look we're delighted with the performance it's no further than a performance and a win for us it's it's the second round that we're facing this night two weeks and uh, like every day we play you know when you lose or when you draw you're not as bad as, yeah. as people make out, or, as, or as, as you want to and when you win you're not as good either so I've got to be very grounded, and we've got to improve again for the next day. It was improvement, obviously it was improvement from the last day, but uh, you know we're happy with that. But you know, there's, there's nothing more here—the biggest stake for any Galway player or supporter or uh, any Galway ambassador—is to win the Ireland. Yeah?
8: Great start, though. You must be delighted with that fast out of the blocks.
10: Yeah, and I you mean, know, guys, I suppose win for yeah. win for broke really, yeah. and you need insight for us, uh, wanting to do that. You won't get them every day, um, but look at it was a good start and. You know, that's that's something that's pleasing. But uh, you know, good good walk right throughout the team. But again, you know, a good defending as well there in the second half despite a strong breeze. So, you know, with the breeze in particular having got
5: the goals ahead. Sure, a couple of days after you've had a while to think about it. Um Galway were good, you guys didn't start well and I suppose that didn't help and they got the breaks and they got the goals. Um Peter Kelly was missing, that was obviously a huge loss. Uh Paul Shute was maybe not as fit as as, as he thought he was, but is the explanation for what went wrong kind of somewhere in between all of that?
11: Yeah, I suppose a combination of everything, really. Uh, you say, I'm, I'm trying to look back in it. You know, the first, you know, the first fifteen minutes there, like we were, blitzed really, like with, uh, with, uh, you know, Galway, they, they, they went for the jugular when the opportunities came and uh, they took them. And you know, it's, it's very hard to come back from a situation where you're, you know, kind of shell shocked like that in relation to you know getting you know mortal blows, like with a couple of goals going against you. And, you know, possibly, you know, we missed our own opportunity and, like, when Dave, Dave missed the penalty. So, you know, I think if we had got that, it might have settled us a bit um, because, obviously, you know, the last you want to do is get a poor start. Um, you know, uh, so I think if we got the penalty and, and brought it back to five points, it might have settled us a bit. But, again, after that, like, Galway came back and got another goal. So, like, we were we really, we, were, we really had a mountain to climb, like, you know what I mean? But so I think it was a combination of everything. I think Galway were very impressive. One of, we got one of the days where Galway, you know, every kick for them. They have, um, they're, you know, they are a serious team and they play very well. They've got very good followers, like you know. So, um, but we gotta, we gotta recover. We gotta move on from it. We are out of the Leinster Championship, obviously. So, that's not, that wasn't the plan. And uh, so, we've got to now focus on, uh, on the qualifiers in four weeks' time.
5: Did we see how important Peter Kelly is to this Dublin team? Um, given that he was missing and and that's a big loss your centre back because he's like the anchor man and even if you put a good player in to replace him which you did it can be difficult to settle in and if you're caught like you were in the first 15 minutes it's hard to come back from that
11: Yeah there's no doubt you know Peter's Peter's captain of the team as well with Liam and uh, you know Big loss, like you know what I mean? Like we, we you know, we can't afford to lose anybody. We need everybody there available to us. Like but again that's you know, we knew we knew on the Sunday night that he was he a hamstring injury, he was going to be out for the replay, he wasn't going to make it and we were hoping that you know, that people would 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 stand up and and, and um you know and, and move on from it. We're also missing Nile McMorrow as well as well. He's Nile's got an injury as well. So right. you know, you were it's not an excuse that like, we were down two very two players playing playing at the top of their farm, like you know, so um we certainly could have done with both Peter and Nile there last Saturday, but again, um um, they weren't there, uh, and we, you know, we unfortunately we, we, well, weren't. Uh, we weren't able to get to the pace, and we, we didn't match Galway's hunger and their intensity and their work rate was, was everything that, 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 that they should like in the team. Um, you know, they were they, they played very well, as I say, and uh, you know, they probably just wanted a bit more than us on the day. Uh, but as I say, we can we need to we need to just reflect on it and. Uh, you know, move on from it. Um, we've 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 three and a half weeks to get ourselves right, and uh, and you know, to learn the lessons, and uh, hopefully we'll bring it to the training ground and try get ready for what is now a very important day for us on the 4th of July.
5: It's always tough for managers when you have a player who's carrying an injury as to whether or not you start him or don't. You did start Paul. In retrospect, was that a mistake?
11: You know, hindsight is, is great to have it. Um, you know, Paul was very close to playing the first day. Um, his injury was, was, he was just wasn't quite right. Um, you know, he felt he felt good. He felt the, you know, the, the, the leg had healed. Again, like anything, I he was unfortunate. Like, he, he had blitzed in the first minute, but with a goal from kahal banyan, And, you know, that does, when you haven't played for a couple of weeks through an injury, you know, that, that certainly can get to you, like, you know what I mean? And, you know, he had, within 10, 10 minutes, he'd got another couple of goals, like, you know what I mean? So, but I thought, in fairness to me, he showed great, Strength and moral courage, like to turn it around after that, he kind of settled into the game well, but obviously maybe the damage was done, but, you know, hindsight was great, but the fact we were missing Peter as well from the full-back line may have been a factor in our cause, like, you know what I mean, but Portrait has been probably one of the best cornerbacks in the National League and has been really, really outstanding for us all through the league, and uh, he's a player that we very much wanted him to have involved, and uh, you know, um, that's the decision we've taken, we've got to live with the consequences.
5: After the first goal went in, and then maybe after the second, do you feel you should have brought that more players back, or would you argue that you did that and go We just were still untouchable. It was still hard to stop them.
11: Yeah, we did. We did. We had our system. We had our plan, and we did. We we, we did bring. We did bring. Uh, we, we, we did bring one or two players back. But uh, again, you know, um, I don't think. I don't think having a man back, an extra man back in the half back line, kind of it made no difference to the to the, the third goal because it came from a puck out and landed on the fourteen yard line. Uh, you know, uh, at that stage as well, you're trying to balance. Um, trying to shore up what, what, what was happening in the defence. The fact that Galway we were on we we trying to get a couple of scores ourselves. To uh, do we needed a couple of scores to settle into the game. You know what I mean? So just, just uh, sometimes it can be hard to decide which is the best way to go.
5: Was there enough in the performance, enough perform, uh, enough positives? Uh, you scored something like 118 <coughs> to suggest that you can bounce back. I mean, is that what you're looking at as you look to recover and prepare for the qualifiers?
11: Yeah, absolutely. The, you know. In a situation like that, when you find yourself, you know, behind by a big margin, it's very easy to throw in the towel completely and uh, and, and and just and just give up. But I think our lives didn't do that. I think in terms of the second half, to uh, they tried us, they tried, you know tried manfully to try get the game back we you know, we scored 118 as you said had other chances as well missed two penalties so we you know we've got to take the positives out of it from the point of view of, um, when we sit down to plan for, for the 4th of July but at the same time we need to look back as well as to what happened as to why we didn't play well in the first 20 minutes and these are the areas we'll be focusing on over the next couple of weeks
5: Did you think the lads were focused going into the game or did you feel that you were vulnerable in those opening 20 minutes because that can happen and I know again it's easy to say in hindsight but are there things that you picked up on that. You thought, okay, something's not quite right here.
11: No, no, not at all. I mean, you know, just just, uh, and, and that's probably why we were kind of so shocked. Really, I thought we, everything was was done. That you know, the I thought our preparation was good. Fellas were players were grand and relaxed. Tomorrow in the game, you know, they were ready for us. And uh, you know, there was there was no hint of anything that was going to happen. Like I think, you know, but uh, obviously the toss had a big bearing in the match. You know, Galway won the toss and decided to go over to win. And uh, as it turned out, it had a huge had a huge bearing. So there was nothing beforehand that that, that that you could put your finger on to say what was going to happen.
5: How do you go about preparing? for the game in three and a half weeks, do you give the lads a bit of time and maybe you let them go and, and, and think about what's happened and then you come back and discuss it, or do you get them together straight away and address things and issues or whatever straight away?
12: Um,
11: I don't know really I suppose you could make an argument for doing for doing both or doing either Are really, like you know do you do you know, but I think at this stage, um I think letting you know, I suppose letting it fester for four or five days wouldn't be a good thing to do. I think we, if, you know, we have another competition to play in, you know, I think our, our most important game uh, in our season now is going to be the next game on the 4th of July. So, you know, I think there's a, there's, 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 there is a time for reflection that you must look back and see what happened and, you know, have a look at, you know, personal responsibility as to, you know, did I, did, did I do everything possibly that I could have done for the match? Uh But I think there comes a time when you must decide, yeah, well, that's that's in the past now and that's gone and it's it's time to move on because, uh, you know, we have another competition to, we have another game to play in the 4th of July. We won't know who we're going to be playing for another two weeks. So it's about, I suppose, getting ourselves right, first of all. uh, And, you know, using using the next two weeks in training and using that time that time properly uh, to prepare for it. And then once we know who we're playing, we start focusing on, 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 uh, on, our, on the opponents and hopefully have ourselves ready for the 4th of July.
5: The previous manager, Anthony Daly, said on the Sunday game that, that this has happened to Dublin teams in the past for whatever reason, they just haven't shown up. Was that something that you thought you had addressed? And is it just so frustrating? Because it's so hard to tell when these things... I mean, if you could tell when a team were and weren't going to peak, management would be so much more easier, wouldn't it?
2: Yeah,
11: well, as you know, we've, I suppose, all year long, actually, we've been looking at, we've been trying to be, we've tried to get a, a consistent competitive performance in every game we played, and we think we've got that to an extent. In every match we were competitive except maybe the the, the first half of the Cork match in Crow Park, where, you know, we didn't perform for whatever reason. Uh, but I think since then we've been very competitive. We've been we've been trying to be very consistent. So, you know, we didn't want to. We've been trying to get out of these the, the games where you have one one good or one bad, one you know, followed by one good or one bad. So. That's why it's probably more of a surprise on, on Saturday night that we did get that kind of poor first half performance. We, you know, we've been working all year to make sure that we're competitive and make sure that we're consistent. So uh, that's why probably it was more disappointing because we thought we had, um, you know, we we thought we had we would we'd, we'd move down from that inconsistencies over
5: there. Now, one positive to take is that you have a bit more time regards injuries and getting guys mm-hmm. recovered. How is the injury situation looking?
13: Um,
11: not sure now I'm just waiting to see. We'll talk to the medical people during the week. Uh I think Dan McMorrow uh, the game will probably come too soon from. Um he's got a got a thumb injury and he's been ill last round the middle of the field. Uh we'll be very hopeful that Peter Kelly will be back. Um, you know, he's he's made good progress in the week. Uh obviously Paul Schutte came through the came through the match uh, on Sunday, he played a full match so uh, he should be good to go. So again, um on the injury front there there are the three major major concerns from that point of view. I think everything else will will be okay but again it's just uh, you know we're not sure you know we get injuries at any time even in training so we'll hopefully have a, have a, have a clean bill of health when it comes down in, in, in four weeks time
5: and I imagine you'll all be raring to go um, in the qualifiers but it's shark infested waters isn't it some tough teams in there
11: uh, oh absolutely it's you know we, we I don't think any if you if you ask any of the the people involved in uh, in the qualifying group, I suppose, you know, none of us would have felt it's the way, the way they would have wanted to go. You know, all our plans were, were geared towards going through the front door, going you know, getting to a Leinster semi final and hopefully getting to a Leinster final and see where that took us, you know. But, uh, you know, we're 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 in a place where we hadn't planned but um we know we have no choice, but to, this is where we are. This is this is this is reality for us now at this stage. So we gotta to come to terms with this and get over the disappointment of, of and tonight, get over to the disappointment of the you know the, the poor first half, the poor first 30 minutes performance really, and hopefully that you know to make sure that doesn't that happen again, and uh, you know get ourselves ready for uh, what's going to be, you say potentially a very very tough uh, game in the 4th of July.
5: This is the rewind on News Talk, and that's Jerk Cunningham speaking to us from the launch of the Toyota Summer Showtime, which takes place in dealerships around the country from the 10th to the 13th of June. Gaelic football now on the Rewind here on News Talk it's either Dublin or Antrim next for Kildare after they drew 16 points apiece with Leash in Tullamore on Saturday the two meet again at the same venue this Saturday at 7.15 with the winner facing the Dubs and the loser hosting Antrim in the qualifiers that game would take place on June 20th the qualifier match that is after the game on Saturday Lily White's player Emmett Bolton spoke to News Talk's Dave McIntyre
14: Emmett
15: what a game three points down with five minutes left and you dug it out and just questions over there's character at times but it was all on show there brilliant stuff yeah um, you know I think we answered a few
0: critics um, you know probably you set standards for yourself and we didn't we didn't hit them standards during the league um, you know it was very poor performances throughout that so we were kind of coming in cold today we didn't know really where we stood we had a few challenge games training was going well so you know, to put that performance in was, was very pleasing um, you know obviously there were times when Things didn't go our way, we gave away a lot of freeze, we kept a lot of ball away and we got turned over in contact as well. So, you know, we've a lot to work on for next week. Um,
15: you know, but the way we battled back over the last five minutes is very pleased. You're a point up with the breeze at your backs in that first half. Did you feel maybe that you were you were going to be up against it? But you did handle the win pretty well in the second half. Yeah,
0: and it died down for the first couple of minutes of the second half. And we thought we'd be okay, but you know, in terms of the first half, I think we, our shot selection wasn't good enough. We kicked about six or seven wides. We got turned over in the tackle down there 45 about six or seven times. We're too lateral at times, um, and we didn't kick the first time ball in. You know, as, as half backs and midfielders didn't lift the head up. We just gave a lateral pass, which was disappointing. But you know, in terms of the second
15: half, we ran them well. We kicked the ball in well, but we just got turned over again. What was uh, the feeling coming into the game? I think it's six wins in 19 matches in league and championship under Jason before today. So you might be forgiven for the confidence level being pretty low. But how much will that game have brought you on in terms of your mentality going into a replay?
0: Yeah, no, it'll be it'll be massive. I think in terms of the league. Um I think the results just didn't go our way. We had patchy performances. I think consistency was a big problem. You know, we were missing a few players as well through injury. So you know, we gotta look at a good few lads in there. But you know, I think in terms of performances, um, you know, we wouldn't we weren't happy coming away from the league, but you know, mentally and, and confidence wise after today,
15: you know, we'll we'll be bouncing into next week. Big came back from the bench as well, Tommy Moolick two huge scores in that second half to help his get level. Yeah, and he was very unlucky with a one on one with the keeper as well, and you have Niall Kelly
0: come in as well and you know, David Hyland, Owen Doyle, all these lads coming back from injury as well. So you know it'll strengthen the panel.
15: And it'll strengthen the intensity and training this week, and you know there'll be places up for grabs again next week. And you think overall, obviously, you'd like to be through tonight, but the extra game for either Leitch or Gilday, whoever wins it, it might actually stand. He very good. Said with that with that daunting task that is Dublin in the semi final for whichever side comes through this replay. Yeah, I think so. Look, you'll have a bit of momentum going
0: in as well. Rather than a three week break, you'll have a two week break and two games on the bounce as well. So you know, Dublin were really tested against Longford. So you know, we've had a very good test today, and hopefully we'll have another test next week and come out far side.
5: This is the rewind on News Talk, and that was Emmett Bull. Speaking to Dave McIntyre Emmett Bolton of course of Kildare We're well, coming up more on next week's football With Galway centre-back Gary O'Donnell Ahead of their clash with Mayo Also Tipperary manager Peter Creedon On their Munster semi-final with Kerry Is the breakthrough near for the tip seniors? Next week might tell us Now though it's soccer in Ireland take on Scotland this Saturday At the Aviva in what is a must-win qualifier They've prepared with two scoreless draws Against Northern Ireland in a practice match And England in a friendly uh, Let's get the view of former Ireland midfielder Keith Andrews on how they're looking ahead of the Scotland match and how they might line out the team but first uh, let's hear from Martin O'Neill the manager and John O'Shea the defender who both spoke to uh, Satanta Sports following the scoreless draw with the English It was a good exercise for us uh, particularly
16: with the game coming up now next week Um, I think you could see that we were getting a little bit tired towards the end obviously made a couple of substitutions, but I thought that um, thought the endeavour was there, always is really. But um, I'm very pleased with a lot of aspects of it. You know, we uh, we had a one or two decent chances in the first half, which I thought maybe we could have capitalised on. And uh, and as I mentioned, we were getting a little bit tired towards the end. But all in all. Delighted with it, delighted with the game, and and it couldn't come at a better time for us.
14: And particularly, possibly by the way you denied England the possibility to dictate the play for large tracks.
16: I, well, I thought that uh, myself, you know. But um, try and concentrate on what we can do for a start, and then when we don't have the ball, try and dispossess them as quickly as we can and uh, as far away from our own goal as possible. Not always, n- not always uh, can happen just like that. Uh, they've got some very fine players but I thought uh, I thought overall I, I was pleased with this and uh, I think that uh, that will stand us in good stead for next Saturday.
14: We spoke about Robbie Brady before the game and you're refusing to tell us that he's going to be your long term left back but that aside, a very assured display from him today. He
16: played he played very well indeed, uh, he was up against uh, a Sterling in the, in the first half, I thought he dealt with those situations pretty well, some of his delivery as well too was back to the Robbie Brady that we know
14: and uh, and yes, overall, he can be very pleased with this game. I'm looking forward to Scotland. Obviously, next weekend, such an important, a pivotal weekend in your own managerial career with Ireland. Well,
16: I do. Well, you keep you keep saying this. You know, I've managed for five games, and uh, and they don't come around that often, I must admit. So, with five games, we've got some points in the board at the moment. We're in a, t- a pretty tough group, and um, you know, I've you know I've handled the occasional pivotal situation before. You know, so hopefully, I can do that again.
14: Looking forward to it. Thanks, Martin. Yeah, pleasure. John, after a week of a lot of negatives around the camp, that was a pretty big positive to end things on.
2: Yeah, look, I think the pleasing aspect was obviously the clean sheet, but ultimately we've created good chances too. Um, That's something that we're going to have to fix for next weekend. Um, When we create good chances like that, we need to take them and take advantage of when we're on top. Obviously, even from the start, from the kickoff, we wanted to start real positive. Got off the pitch, got a corner within about 10, 15 seconds, so we'll need that next weekend too but um, at times as well we need to probably relax a little bit more on the ball Um, we were probably expecting a bit more intensity at times and we were kicking the ball away when we didn't really need to so that's something we can improve on too and as I said probably the last 15-20 it was a fairly hot day out there too and I think the intensity of both teams just kind of wilted a little bit
14: When you say kicking it away I don't know if you're referring directly to a somewhat direct approach maybe particularly in the first half but that actually seemed to pay a lot of dividends at times
2: no, it wasn't in terms of when we'd won the ball back from defending-wise, we'd kind of needlessly kick the ball away a few times. But we knew when we played, obviously, uh, Didzy and Morph up top, that we were going to be direct at times to get us up to pitch and then play from there. And I thought we did that very well. And as you said, created lots of good chances. Got free kicks, won free kicks from it. And Robbie, uh, Robbie and Aidan's delivery, we knew we were going to cause them problems. Kenny Cunningham and Kevin Kilbane in our studio
14: have just been analysing what our best solution at left back might be Robbie Brady seems to be quickly getting a strong understanding of what uh, especially is involved in that position
2: Yeah it is but also look we know we have obviously the backup of Wardy there too the competition Paul played a little bit there against Northern Ireland too so uh, look Competition is key and I think that's what we're showing today with some of the lads coming in Harry Harry are coming on and impressing too Murph and uh, Didzy up top those boys Aidan getting a first full 90 minutes in a long time so there's lots of positives and as I said we need to score a couple of goals next week to make sure we take advantage This is the Rewind
5: on News Talk and that was Ireland manager Martin O'Neill and defender John O'Shea speaking to Adrian Barry about the scoreless draw with England and the game next week against the Scots a must win qualifier there'll be a lot more on that across the week on Off the Ball on every night from 7 here Monday to Friday on News Talk still to come here on the Monday Rewind we'll talk about the Champions League final but first former Ireland midfielder Keith Andrews looks ahead to next week's match with Scotland he's been speaking with Off the Ball's Nathan Murphy they started with how he felt the game against England went on Sunday a scoreless draw at the Aviva
17: yeah I don't think it was as keenly contested as, as probably what we all thought it would be and Maybe that's just a sign of the times. The way the game's gone, and I think you know, I was a bit wary about this game anyway. I said before the game that I, don't, I didn't think it was the ideal preparation for next weekend because if I had it, got a little bit carried away, a little bit heated. You know, that's the last thing we need. Losing a key player or two to any type of silly challenge, but um, no, I thought I thought it was a good afternoon for us. I really did. I thought defensively we were magnificent. We restricted them to to very few chances. I thought the compactness was was good. Um, granted their, their front players and then their final third play wasn't as good as what we see more often not when they play for the Premier League teams but um, no, I thought it was a very resolute disciplined performance
8: Is it safe to assume based on what we saw Shea Given plays and goals the back four is the back four that started that Robbie Grady is over the hiccup that he started with against Poland to look comfortable at left back and McCarthy and Whelan play in the centre what then is your front four the two wingers and the two attacking players, who would you go with next weekend?
17: I think it's very hard to second guess, Martin, I really do, we've done this in numerous games so far, but I think one thing you can be sure of is I think it'll be a 4-4-2, possibly a little bit lopsided with, you know, maybe will he play Jeff there after him playing quite well or will he play John Walters in that position Darren Murphy's played very well, how much much will that weigh into things Um, certainly in the back five, totally agree I think that'll be it, I think Robbie Brady defensively has come on leaps and bounds He's played very well at club level as a more of a wing-back than a full-back, I suppose, but I thought he came up against three outstanding talents in Sterling, Walcott and, and Townsend throughout the 90 minutes and, and dealt with it very, very well. I think I think Glenn and James will certainly anchor the midfield and will he go with Jeff... <laughs> Very hard to second guess Martin in terms of what he goes with. Quite
8: a few options now because you've Wes Hula and Robbie Keane, who were the two attacking players that started against Poland, to come back in as well.
17: Yeah, and listen, it's I think it'd be a field to try and second guess it, but what I will say is I do think it will be a 4 four-four-two of of such, possibly that little bit lopsided with playing one out on out winger, which you would imagine would be would be Ada McGeady. I thought defensively he was absolutely magnificent he was lively when we got him on the ball in 1v1 areas and you know, I think he's he, I think he especially with the way he got treated in Glasgow I think he will certainly have that bit between his teeth next weekend
8: Sounds like you're pretty confident about how it will go against Scotland
17: Yeah I am I have to say I was, you know I was I haven't said that, I was confident going to Glasgow as well and that, that didn't turn out the way it was but I think we're at that stage now where we all know players, staff, fans that we all know that we need the performance and the and the result now to go with it. And I think, you know, if next weekend I'd love nothing more than to see. Just like kick-off, to put it down the wing, get in their faces and show Scotland from the first whistle next week we mean in business. This is the Rewind on News Talk. I'm O'Shane Langan and that was Keith Andrews with
5: Nathan Murphy on next week's Euro 2016 qualifier with Scotland at the Aviva. Raf Diallo of Team 33 and off the ball is here to talk Champions League. RAF. Barcelona beating Juventus 3-1 on Saturday night. They were pushed all the way weren't they? Or were they?
13: Too well, not particularly. I think it was a fairly overall if you look at the patterns of the game, it was a comfortable victory. In the terms of scorelines and things, maybe not. Uh, obviously the third goal for Barcelona came deep deep into injury time and for a long time it was 1-1, but you always felt that Barcelona had more in their pocket than than Juventus did. They just have, you know, when you've got Suarez, Neymar, Messi, one of them is bound to turn up or at least two of them and if uh, you're very unlucky all three will turn up on the same day Was it a case
5: that they did click and there's nothing Juventus could do about it or will they feel that they could have played better they could have done a bit more They
13: probably could have played a little bit better I mean obviously Messi didn't find the score sheet but he was orchestrating a few things behind uh, a little bit further back particularly the first goal he opened up the play to start that move Um, I think the second goal as well and well you know you know what Messi's like. If he's not scoring goals, he's still creating. Um, Suarez, obviously, finding the uh, the score sheet. Neymar, I suppose, being unlucky not to have scored twice because there was that header that was... Uh,
5: he headed it off his own hand, but you wouldn't say it was... No, um,
13: I didn't. I did, Well, I can understand why it was chalked off, but it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't Maradona deliberate. hand of God yeah. or anything like that. You know, there was no... I, there was no in, the hand just happened to be in the way. And, in fact, it probably could have diverted away from goal and he would have been unlucky that way. But, you know, overall, like, I think... Barcelona deserved it and I think uh, in some ways it's interesting how they've evolved from the team that Guardiola had and even maybe if you put it within the context of the last decade, the 2016 as well.
5: Interesting as well and very complimentary that their manager has managed to mix all these talents because it's one thing having the talent, it's another thing mixing, finding the balance, balancing the ego's.
13: Indeed, it is, although I don't think ego is as as big a problem at Barcelona as it would be at Real Madrid, where you've got Cristiano Ronaldo, obviously, and his ego is about the size of the sun with all the other moons revolving around. But Messi likes to be in control, doesn't he? He does, he does, but he is much more, he's much happier kind of letting other players shine and actually being the creative force rather than the person who's always finishing up uh, chances. He has a huge deal of respect for Neymar. He has a huge deal of respect for Suarez. I think that shines true. The fact that all three of them are able to, you know, contribute in terms of goals, in terms of assists, in terms of, well, pretty much in the terms of the build-up as well, I think it's, uh, it's not just a victory for Luis Enrique. I mean, he's done quite well in terms of, as you said, putting all these, uh, and I wouldn't use the word egos, but these massive talents... Uh, to work together as such. You know, you've got your PKs, Al, uh, Jordi Alba. You've got Dani Alves, who is leaving as well. And uh, it's it's been impressive how they've managed to keep that core of the team together. Uh, obviously, there's not a question of teams coming in to take them, but that, that, they've, that they've had sustained success. And we're talking about the same people like Xavi, Iniesta, Sergio Busquets, Lionel Messi, and then, and PK as well. And all the other names that you add in to Add the frills like Suarez and the Neymars.
5: Yeah, I watched the game in the um, European soccer and cultural capital that is Tullamore, <laughs> and uh, one guy shouted out after Juventus' equaliser, Go on, Newcastle. Now, I don't think they're going to quite crash as bad as Newcastle, but is it possible that we won't see Juventus back? I mean, look, it wasn't a fluke that they got here, but no. Pirlo was gone, and that's, that's the heart gone out of their team. Is that fair to say?
13: Um, to an extent yeah he's been an important part of their revival after obviously we know where they were 10 years ago in terms of being relegated and through their own faults I must have had as yeah. well but they've you know they've bounced back to the point that they're now among the top 8 in Europe and they've managed to get to a final uh, overall it depends how they use the money they get when they eventually sell Pogba and we don't know whether that's going to be this summer or the summer after they're assuming he doesn't have a massive drop in form you know you're looking at maybe getting 70 million and if they can reinvest that to strengthen the squad overall then look they could be a consistent force and they have look they're going to be in the Champions League every year because they are the dominant force in Italy there's no other team really i thought roma at the start of the season might push them but no no team is pushing them they're going to keep coming back and keep coming back um and assuming they their business plan in the way they use the money they get for the, the big names they do sell off then I think they should be fine
5: I assume Chambers positivity regards Roma was rubbing off on you there and um, just before I, I am a go, Roma fan as well yeah sure do you know what you're like you're like Father Douglan, he's uh, Joe Rooney's character that's what it is he's the Roma fan Um and Team thirty three taking a break for the summer.
13: We are. We're going to be away for about six weeks or so. Um, you may hear a few best ofs uh, over the next few weeks, but that's uh, that's got to be the extent of it. We're just. Uh, I think we all need the break. And there's no football on. And uh, look, Ireland v England probably killed all our enthusiasm <laughs> for the game as well. It was the wor- It's one of the worst games of football I've yes, had. Well, my when you have a see.
5: broadcaster apologising for showing it in the form of ITV, you know it's bad. Um, we're steaming up on our. One year anniversary on the rewind. We won't quit for the summer. I'm just no. saying. I'm just saying the rewind has more staying power than team. It, it does. It's it the does. GA mentality I bring. I think. Look, you know, we don't. We don't rest on like you, soccer lads. Anyway, listen, uh, <laughs> Raffy thanks for joining us.
13: Thank you.
2: You think we'll go away, Mayo? Not if they have Willie Joe. Have no hope of Mayo. Hey. That is the question
5: that used to be asked when Galway took on Mayo. Of course. Uh, Willie Joe long since retired but uh, many classy players still on show they meet in Pierce Stadium on Sunday in the Connacht semi-final of course Mayo yet to play this year in the Championship Galway have already had two games beating New York in the Bronx and Leitrim in Carrick on Shannon they weren't overly convincing in either At Tribesman centre-back Gary O'Donnell attended a GA media event to promote the game from where he spoke to us and I started by asking him to assess their form so far this season
12: uh, A bit indifferent probably up to, up to now you know we kinda of had an up and down uh, league campaign where we started well and finished well, but in between it was um very inconsistent where we lost three games in a row, but coming into championship, you know, I know we have had two victories, but you know, we wouldn't be one bit happier with our performances today. You know, probably did enough to get over the line against New York and Leitrim, but under no illusions that the way we played certainly won't be good enough come Mayo and uh, Sunday week.
5: Are those games hard to, I won't say get up for, but are they hard to get anything from? Because with New York, you're on a hiding to nothing and Leitrim, you know, you're very much expected to win that. So how do you assess your performance with that
12: in mind? Well, either way, I, I suppose, whether we played well or, or, or not in, in the games, uh, personally and collectively as the group, we wouldn't be taking much out of it um, based on what, on what we've done. So as like you said, if, if we if we bet New York and Leitrim with, stellar performances, you know, we, we certainly will be taking it as it is because, you know, you go into a game like that with your, with your heads up against uh, Mayo, you're certainly going to be brought back down to, to ground fairly fairly quickly. So, um, you know, partly uh, from that perspective, it's definitely given us something to, to work on, to focus the minds uh, for, for the bigger games ahead.
5: I know that ahead of this game, you'll play up Mayo and Mayo will play up Galway, but do you have an advantage given that you have played two championship games and you have, as you mentioned there, focus? You kind of know what to look for, you know what to eradicate whereas Mayor coming into this one kind of not knowing where they are because they haven't played a competitive match since the league.
12: Yeah, I suppose you can't beat games and regardless of who the opposition is come championship it's nice to get games they're, they're better than any sessions that you can get so from that perspective, it, it, it's good to know where you can work on or what you need to improve on. But at the same time, Mayo are probably saying that you know the fact that they've had no game, they've had an the opportunity to, to to come together as a group and uh, have a look at their campaign so far and be fresh coming into that game. So uh, you know, it's really any time goal they Mayo. It's, it's a lot of it is on the day. As you've seen over the years, you know, uh, form and and things like that usually can go out the window. So you know, it'll be a, it'll be a to see who who can come out on top for that game.
5: Have you looked back on previous games with Mayo ahead of this one? I know there's different management and a few different players, but last year beaten by them in the Connacht final, and the last time you met them in Pierce Stadium, it didn't go well. So what are you taking from those games? if anything?
12: I would just taking them from what from what they are really um, you know anytime you 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 come out of a game with victory or defeat you know it's, it's you try not to read too much into it and you know the two defeats we've had over Mayo the last couple of years obviously last year we closed the gap a small bit and you know I emphasize the word gap because you know Mayo have opened up the gap in us the last couple of years and we're just really trying to work hard to try and close that as well as the other teams in the province you know and um, you know I suppose a lot of lads in the back of their mind probably you know have, have, have memories of that game but you know we really haven't really mentioned it in the lead up to this big game you know we've been focusing on what but well, we're trying to get right and, you know, if we can get a few things right coming into that game, and I'm, I'm sure we'll put in a decent performance.
5: How have you found working under Kevin Walsh, a man who is still fit enough to play, as we saw in the Intermediate County Final last year?
12: Definitely, yeah, yeah. You know, any time new management comes in, you know, it, it gives everyone uh, a clean slate and everyone's trying to impress. So from that perspective, it, it's given us all a fresh impetus. You know, everyone's trying to, is chomping at the bit, trying to, to, to impress the management, um, he's coming with new fresh ideas. I suppose nothing too different than what we've seen before. But you know, anytime someone comes in with ideas, you want to you want to put them into practice. And you know, Kevin obviously you know has a huge profile within the county here, and all, all the lads in the in the in the setup would have grown up watching him play for Galway with huge success. And you know, he's he's a big character and a big presence in the dressing room, and he 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 um he has huge respect from from all the people of Galway as well as as well as all of us in the dressing room.
5: And are the younger players that have come in kind of beginning to take ownership the they likes are, of, you know,
12: go on yeah the the likes of you know the number of player, younger players that you mentioned that have that maybe have under one success you know they're they're in the panel now for a couple of years, so you know they probably make they've they've gained great experience and they probably realize now at this stage you know that you know it's time to start making a move or to to maybe to maybe um put in. A number of, or a few more big performances, I suppose, right? a bit more consistency. You know, so um, you know, uh, I'm not going to mention names right like that, but uh, you know, the age profile of the panel then, you know, is quite quite young, based on um the players coming through from under 21. So um, a lot of them we're looking to, to make a big impression this summer, etc.
5: I won't get too far ahead, but how much does this Galway team and squad and the county at large need a Connacht title because? The last one was 2008. It's a long time for Galway.
12: It is, yeah. There's no point to denying it. You know, it's it's too long for for a county with a tradition like, like Galway. But uh, you know, basically the way football has evolved over the years, you know, a lot of people would say that Galway has been left behind. But uh, you know, you know, we we would be viewed as being maybe a more traditional county, and you know, we've we've stuck to our guns in that case. But you know, the likes of Kerry and Dublin have been able to adapt over the years with with a lot of success, maybe. And um, we'd be looking to, to maybe do the same, you know, seven years is a long time to be to be without a provincial title for for, for Galway. And, uh, you know, hopefully this be the year where, where that will change.
5: And just before I let you go, Gary, you're a bit of a phenomenon in the fact that you're from Gort, which is hurling territory. And there's a lot of Mayo in you. Both your parents are from Mayo.
12: That's right, yeah. yeah a lot, that seems to come up every time this, 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 this game <laughs> comes about. A lot of people bring that up, but... Mm. Uh, you know, in fairness to them anytime go or in you know, there's there's never any issue about it. And it's, you know, the maroon and white is take um, uh, to to be the dominant colour in the house at that time. So, um, you know, it's it's a good time in the house based on the tradition and uh, the relatives and the people who have who have youth uh, interest in, in the game and you know, there's great banter and, and, and cracker on the house. So, you know, we're really looking forward to it.
5: It's a very good and healthy rivalry it's it's one of the better ones in GA How about yourself how did you become an intercounty footballer coming from somewhere like Gort which has produced great Galway players in the past but uh, as I read before predominantly in Hurling
12: Exactly I, I Look, when, when I was younger I, I played all the sports in particular Hurling and football but I was lucky enough to have a uh, principal in primary school that was from Conor called Peter Conroy and uh, a man called Kevin Roach who put huge emphasis on football in the area at the time and fielding teams and that and as well as that, you know, Galway had huge success in the nineties and and the early 90s as well when I was quite young. So obviously that gave me a huge driving force to, to stay playing football and to have the hunger for it as well as having the, the family influence and, and watching watching that great Galway team in the nineties as well, you know, going to all the games as well as that. So I obviously I'm quite determined to maybe push it on as well. Uh, even though a lot of my friends would have been would have been playing hurling at the time with myself, you know, I, I suppose I persevered and I stuck at it, and fortunately enough, you know, so I was very lucky to go on and represent Galway.
5: The fact that you have played a lot of hurling in your life, does that help make you a better footballer? Are there advantages and edges maybe that you have that other guys wouldn't, who have never uh, picked up a hurley Or a hurl, depending on what part of the world you're from. I, I imagine it's a hurl if you're gort.
12: It's a hurl, yeah, yeah. But now know, have I always find anyways in the different sports to play. I played a lot of rugby when I was underage as well, you know, so rugby, hurling, soccer whatever it is you'll always pick up uh, some facet of the game that you can bring into to whatever sport you're playing in my case which is which is football you know be it pace or a sidestep or some sort of skill so uh, I was lucky enough to have um, a hand in a lot of those sports but uh, in hurling I suppose it's very much skill based and things like that so certainly getting a, a slap here and there from a few of the heads and draining our matches will definitely you up for the bigger kids
5: Gary the very best of luck against Mayo uh, next week thanks for talking to us
12: Thanks, seeing Cheers.
5: Well, this is the Rewind on News Talk and that was Galway centre-back Gary O'Donnell on the Connacht semi-final against Mayo. Also, a provincial semi-final, well, two actually, a Munster next Sunday. As Clare go to Cork and Tipperary host Kerry, there's some talk among the prom- Premier following that they can shock the All-Ireland champions. and Why not? They should have beaten Cork last year in the Championship and this year they stayed up in Division 3. So they are playing at a higher level and they've improved over the last couple of seasons. I've been speaking to tip boss Peter Creedon about this game.
6: Ah, sure, obviously it's a huge step up like, you know, for us, um, they gave us a right dusting two years ago, something similar maybe to what happened today, but look, we'll embrace it, we look forward to it and it's a challenge and um, it'll set a benchmark as the where we actually are.
5: Have your goals changed for playing a team like Kerry given how much progress you've made
6: as a team in the last season or two? Ah, well, I suppose when we go to play Kerry, I suppose i would be saying to the players we need to go and play it and, uh, to the best of our ability and maybe not unduly worry too much about them because you can get tied up in knots and... Um, Again, the most important thing against Kerry be to actually not to make any basic errors and you know and go at them hard and try and put them on the back foot. But look, we're playing a seriously talented team and they'll be warm favourites on the day. I can well imagine, but look, it's something for us to, to look forward to now. Is it a, a kind of a shot to nothing? Is it a free shot? I sure. I suppose it is a free game, really. You know, um, uh, Kerry will be expected to win it and probably win it comfortably, but you know, we can go in and, and get ourselves well motivated for it and, and and go at it from the start and um, see what happens. And, We came very close against Cork last year and, you know, our season kicked on well from that afterwards. So, look, we're looking forward to it. But, um, you know, I admire Kerry. They're an excellent team and they obviously train harder than everybody else. That's one of the main reasons they win things. So, you know, we'll have to be ready for that.
5: You're coming into the game against Kerry having played at a higher grade this year in in the National League. You mentioned after last year's defeat against Cork that maybe playing Division 4 in the last five minutes you faded away because
6: of that. Do you think that'll be a factor this summer end? I oh, well, there's no doubt. Like in, in, in Division Three this year, you know, we had a great game against Armagh good game against Fermanagh, they're all decent teams. Obviously, the 21s have gone down to the wire in a few championship matches as well. You know, and all that builds a bit of confidence and consistency with the team. You know, they're in their second year of, of training with you know Mickey and Haley, so their fitness levels are improving as well. And. Um, all this thing in inter-county football really you need a few breaks in a given day but if you haven't got the, the work done in advance you have no chance and I think you know we're working hard to make sure we've everything done in advance of matches and With
5: the likes of Georgie Hannigan Stephen O'Brien Michael Quinn living to name just a, a couple of lads Colin O'Rear and obviously you've got lads who can take their scores who can shoot from good positions and who could work the ball will you have to do that well against Kerry is that something you you, you look at to do to, to work the ball at pace
6: uh, We will absolutely because obviously the Kerry backs in the mid, and Kerry and, and the, and the will, will, will defend much better and will put much more pressure on our players but you know, we just have to stick to the to the process and trust ourselves, and um, you know that's all you can do, really. Once you cross the white lines, the players have to trust that they have to work on and, and and drive on, and you know bring a level of you know, I will not use the word aggression, but a level of you know that they want to go at it from the start and lay down the marker. And it is in Thurlis that'll be a big help. Yeah, home game. Yeah, yeah. We had them here was it four years ago, and you know carry about us by six or seven all maybe in a slow pace match, and they took us for seventeen points two years ago. But I think we're in a much better. Place now Kerry probably are as well they've been Ireland once and then but look it'll be great it's a great game for us to look forward to and uh, I'm certainly looking forward to it
5: Well that is Peter Creedon, the Tipper area manager is a shock on the cards look it's unlikely that Tip will beat Kerry in the Munster Championship semi-final this Sunday but they might come close and they're building all the time so if it's not this year you get the feeling it is very 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 soon Well that's it for the rewind This week Don't forget next week We'll have a full review Of Ireland against Scotland In the Euro qualifier Hopefully we're talking About an Ireland win We'll also talk about The weekend's GAA Our mag against Donegal Is live on off the ball This Sunday afternoon It should be a belter Also this Sunday It's the Connacht semi-final Between Galway and Mayo James Horan Will be covering that one for us and well I'm a country man So there's only really one way We can leave it this week It's the Saw Doctors Bale and Hay And their classic reference To Galway against Bail Talk to you next week Take care Bye bye hey!